0: Welcome back to Bears on mm-hmm. Tap, a podcast about the Chicago Bears presented to you by OnTap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at bdon 300 and you can follow Quentin at ButkusStats. It's the NFL Combine Week. All of the best prospects for this year's NFL draft are all... Is it still in Indianapolis? I thought they changed it for oh, some yeah. reason this year, yeah. For some weird reason, I thought they changed it. But it's always been in Indy. This year it well, is they, in
1: Indy again. They're... Uh, it might change it in the near future. There was a lot of talk about changing it this year and the NFL pushed back, like the teams pushed back on it. So I'm not crazy, but everyone knows I actually am.
0: But the Bears are the top of the draft order. One would assume that pick's probably going to get traded. But there's a lot to talk about. These guys are all doing, not all of the tests, but they're all in the same spot at the same time, doing interviews, doing God knows what. Uh, some questions are off the board. As you saw, they did take off all those sick questions that they used to ask the prospects uh, during the combine, but it's a good time to get to know some players that could be future bears.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, combine's awesome, man. I actually, I I wish that they never moved it from like, cause it, it used to be like they start, players start doing drills on Wednesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, were all player drills. And, I miss that, man. It was like, you know, something that I could like uh, during the workday, like pay a little attention to see on the side. And like, now it's like they they want you to pay attention to drills on a Friday night. And it's like, man, Friday night is not for football for me. (laughs) You know, like I put so much time into football. Friday night is not a football night.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it has changed the format of it lately. And I think that over the last few years, we've really seen the the combine be very beneficial for players. And certain players, they, you know, it really is indifferent to what their draft experience is. Uh, you see that there are certain players like Bryce Young uh, that won't be throwing. And it was Bryce Young, I believe. But the thing is about the combine, at least in my eyes, like I love the combine for what it is, right? Like it's good to run a fast 40 and it's good to run the quick three cone. And to look good in all these drills, but I'm a fucking meatball baby. I don't care if you can play football. You could be Bobby Boucher and run a terrible forty time. <laughs> I don't, like looking how much I love Jack Sanborn, Right? Dude, he, dude. You know what I'm saying?
1: Bobby Boucher's got that dog in him. He's got That's that
0: thing. dog in him. Like I, I like you know that the numbers at the combine are pretty. It's great. I like having guys that test well. But are you a football player, right? Because we've also yeah. seen so many combine warriors, so many workout warriors that maybe they don't have that dog in them. Maybe they don't have it between those 53 yards. So I just – sometimes I'm a little weary about the guys that move up a lot in this period, but for certain guys that maybe you see all the things you see on tape and you want to just see if they have the intangibles, the speed and all that stuff, this is the perfect opportunity to prove that.
1: Yeah, like I think there's guys who – like you gotta pay attention to why guys are moving up. If you've sat there and like like a guy who I am extremely high on, extremely higher than most of the consensus right now is Zach Harrison. And he's gonna have a big combine and he's gonna get popular from it. I'm high on him from the tape though. You know, so to me, it's like if he, that just means he's getting closer to where I have him ranked currently, but to other people, it might put put him on their radar. Like, and there's, there's other people that you can look at who might just blow up the combine, but their their measurements and their their numbers there might not actually match what you see on the tape. So you just got to be careful of that. But like, there's a handful of guys who I think are for legitimately good reason going to move up draft boards this weekend because they I, I don't understand. Like a guy like Mozzie Smith, he's a defensive tackle who can hold up against triple teams and is like the biggest athletic freak we've ever seen. Why wouldn't it be a first-round pick? He's not a first-round pick anywhere, but why wouldn't he be? Alright, well, you don't know what happened with Mozzie Smith, do you? The gun, th- the gun charge? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think it's going to keep him out of the first round. I mean, that wasn't anything too. Yeah, too all these all these owners probably have guns, but I... I- <laughs> yeah i don't know it was I as far seen. as gun charges go that was about as innocent as it gets let's put it that way
0: <laughs> yeah he wasn't he wasn't in the taco bell parking lot with the strap like matt adams yeah i don't know yeah. matt adams didn't even have a gun I, I don't, don't think
1: don't, but don't
0: no i'm sorry matt Adams. i'm sorry matt adams i'm sorry Matt Adams. <laughs> i'm sorry he's probably just chilling on his couch right now but
1: yeah i don't know but like one of the big things to me like i'm I'm paying really close attention to the offensive line in this draft because uh, of this project that I'm doing, Uh, and arm length is huge. I mean, I I looked up numbers today on it, and for offensive tackles, like in the last three years, there have been 31 offensive tackles to have a single season PFF grade of 80 or higher. 26 of those 31 guys had 33 and a half inch or longer arms. Like it's we can't that's get not a in yeah, that that's not a uh, an immaterial number. that's a like that's a serious signal that shorter arms just do not play very well in the NFL at offensive tackle. And like you can throw out guys who have who have succeeded, like uh, Sean Slater at Northwestern a few years ago. he has at least thirty three inch arms. Like you fall under thirty three inches, it gets a lot harder especially if you're not an elite, elite athlete. Like Slater tested elite everywhere, to, and that's how he makes up for the shorter arms. So if you're not – like it's it's an important number to look for for me this week. And having short arms isn't a doom for an offensive tackle as long as they're an elite athlete is kind of the way I see it. Two things. you got to be built like a
0: 747. And I'm just imagining like like Sam Mustafer his face superimposed over the T-Rex from Toy Story, just like little short arms. <laughs> so you feel me on that? Like, I don't know. Uh, that is a good point, though, because the extension that you can get in blocking if you have short arms, it's almost like uh, how short-arm people are easier to do the bench press for because they don't have as far yeah. of a range of motion. It's a little bit of the reverse. You're always
1: going to put up more bench reps than a guy with long arms. It's just Yeah, like
0: it's, the, the long-arm guy, it's almost like uh, – you know, all, all, all the time you'd see back in TV shows or movies the guy holding his arm out and then someone, like, getting their head held back and they're just, like, swinging and not hitting. You know what I'm talking about? Like that.
1: Um, that's that's what Tyron I imagine. Smith. Well, Tyron yeah. Smith, like, I mean, like, longest arms out of the 31 players I looked at and, like, fourth most bench reps. Like, these are just ridiculous. <laughs>
0: yes, and this is – This is two guys that, I mean, I've benched 225 before. I don't know what the status of me benching 225 today (laughs) because I haven't worked out in a while. I can't speak for Q. Uh, Joey and Ron I also can't speak for, but I know Ron is wearing a mankini right now on Cubs on Tap. So uh, if your eyes can bear that, uh, go head on over because they're also live right now too. we got three shows live right now on on the YouTube and on Facebook. But, yeah, I just – I'm excited for this week, just knowing what it means to, you know, we're going to have either the number one pick or we have the potential to have two first round picks and we need to find those guys. We need Ryan Poles to to wake up before nine o'clock and to get over there to the facility and just remember you have to have the best eyes in the room and you have to be able to, on top of that too, in, in the interviews, you have to be able to pick these guys' minds because I think one thing that I, and I can probably speak for all Bears fans when I say this, you want to pick a guy that would quite literally live and die for football. You don't want someone that's just, you know, they play football because they're good at it. You want someone that is a football guy through and through and that loves the game and that is dedicated to the game and that understands that, hey, I was that guy at a high school level and at a college level. But in order to be that guy at the NFL level, I'm going to have to continue to work harder to become that superstar at this level. You see it too many times where great, great in college, great in high school, get to the NFL and it doesn't pan out. Unfortunately it happens more often than not for our bears. But I think if we can get the right guys in the room, I think Ibra is a great um, character developer and a great character. Like he's good at judging character. I believe I think we could get, a slam dunk if we have two picks and they both hit in the first round. Cause I really just, especially with the news that came out today and we'll talk about that later. Like I really think the number one picks for sale, there's like, I know that's the the crazy, crazy take. Like I know it came out on ESPN and we all looked at our screen like, well, what the fuck? Like we all knew this, but I think like zero, like there, there may have been like a 0.1% chance this time last week when we recorded that we took the number one pick. There is zero chance on this earth. I will wear a Mankini on Bears on tap. I will switch and change on the live draft stream if the Bears take
1: the number one pick because it's not happening. Yeah, I mean, I since they got it, I mean, I really didn't think there was a chance that they were going to keep it. You know, yeah. it's kind of like it's. Just I think me and Joey of, said it like what their situation's going to be situation just changed a lot. Like. Yeah. Like like where are they going to be picking? I think is more the question. You know, it's a, who are they trading down with? Where are they getting back forward? That's really and how far are they willing to go? You know? I mean, especially with some of the like I mean I've been I've been seeing her pounding the table for uh Jalen Carter for what three months now. And all of a sudden that might have changed today with, with some of the news that came out.
0: Yeah, so I'll read word for word the, uh, the statement that was released, but and this is all allegedly. So, as a result of the ongoing investigation into the January fifteenth, twenty twenty three, fatal crash that occurred in the nine hundred block of Barnett Shoals Road, the Athens Clark County Police Department has secured arrest warrants for Jalen Carter, twenty one, for reckless driving and racing. So, if you guys all remember, a few, I would say, like two months ago. Um, A member of the Georgia football team and a member of the Georgia football staff passed away in a tragic car accident. And this all just popped up today during the – it was during the morning, like during the combine, right when the combine started. So the rest of the statement – 30
1: minutes before he started talking.
0: Yes, exactly. So, And he did not meet with the media today. But the rest of the statement reads as follows. The investigation found that Chandler LaCroix – Driver of the 2021 Ford Expedition and Jalen Carter, driver of the 2021 Jeep Tomahawk or Trackhawk, were operating the vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly after leaving the downtown Athens area at about 2.30 a.m. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to out-distance each other. Evidence? Sorry, you just saw my illiteracy live on stream. That was a big-ass word. (laughs) I've never seen that one before. (laughs) Evidence indicated that shortly before the crash, the expedition was traveling at about 104 miles an hour. The toxicology reported that LaCroix's blood alcohol concentration was 1.9 at the time of the crash. Investigators determined that the alcohol impairment, racing, reckless driving, and speed were significant contributing factors to the crash. The case will be given to the Solicitor General's office. And that's really all they have on it, but scary stuff, especially considering like, Hey, this is a guy that may have gone number one in the NFL draft. And none of that matters. You know what I'm saying? Like people's lives were lost in this incident. And yes, it's he didn't crash into the car and directly cause the incident. But from what allegedly is being reported to us, uh, It doesn't look good for Jalen Carter.
1: No. I mean, it doesn't look good at all. Um, And Grant, I mean, more is going to come out on this. We're going to learn more. Like, teams are going to learn more than we ever know about it. But right now is – I'm not trying to rush to judgment on it just because that's – I think that's the easy thing to do. Yeah. And as much as I'd like, you know, as bad as it all sounds – I don't want to give the guy a pass, but I don't want to rush to judgment either. I just want to wait. You know, I just want to, to wait see for out In the next few weeks, the next month, like there's time here. There's no reason to make a snap judgment is the way I see it. But, I mean, it's concerning at the very least. Yeah, it's, no, it's concerning. It's so something that, you know, you don't want to see ever, you know, it's it's ugly.
0: Yeah, and you'll remember last year, too, or it may have been two seasons ago uh, when George Pickens was drafted, they took off the board for character issues. And, I mean, I just came on the show, it may have been last week or two weeks ago, kind of yelling at Todd McShay, like, you don't know, like, this kid, right? Like, you don't know him for what he is. And I'm, again, not going to pass judgment because it's too early. But, yeah, it just goes to show you, like, situations like this, they could happen all the time with the athletes that we follow. And for the most part, us as regular people will never know what actually happened, you know? So we just get what is given to us by the media and, and then we just have to go with that. So again, unfortunate situation, but as the bit, you know, the, the, the holder of the number one pick, and even if we were to trade, Outside of that number one pick and stay in the top five, this was a guy that we have been talking about on this show for, been a couple months, dude. You brought him up when we were still doing post games, I remember, for the regular season. So it's just uh, something to keep an eye on and something that, you know, you just want to make sure that it goes back to what I said. You have to make sure that not only are the players that we're bringing into the organization good football players, we have to make sure they're good people too. And I know that's something I usually joke about like throughout the season, but it's like they got to be good people because first-round draft pick is a huge investment in a person. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of money that we're going to be putting into a player.
1: It's a huge investment in a person. It's a huge responsibility for a person. All yeah. the weight that's going to end up on their shoulders, they need to be able to manage it well. They need to be able to, to be a healthy individual mentally through it all. And, I mean – not to say that Carter isn't, but it's it's something that bears watching at this point. Yeah, and that's actually a good thing that you brought up. Like, regardless of
0: what happened, because we'll never truly know what happened, right? You just hope that it doesn't deteriorate at him mentally, because yeah. that's one thing that we don't really talk about a lot with these guys is the the mental health side of it. And at the end of the day, like, they're fucking warriors, dude. They play football, like. They are battling, you know, we, we hit 30. I'm not at 30 yet. I'm at 28. I got the lower back pain. Okay. Like that shit doesn't go away. These dudes are literally fighting off like physical demons year in and year out to play this game. And you all know what we see with the players that go through with CTE. So you got to hope, sure, you got to make sure that they're in good mental state as well, because The physical side eventually is going to go. Obviously, I don't know who it was that just retired. Uh, I think they just retired like this last week, and he's like, I can't even use my legs, bro. Like, my legs, my arms, they're not the same. I forgot who it was. It was someone just this last week,
1: though, in the NFL. Yeah. I remember seeing it. I don't remember who. but Yeah. The quotes were alarming, though. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, the – like just hearing about this Jalen, like the stuff around Carter right now, like I can't imagine the mental toll that, like, like aside from all the the terribleness of whatever might have happened, and yeah, you know, whoever you think might have deserved whatever happened to them or whatever's going to happen to them, like the mental toll yeah. of seeing and being a part of whatever it was that did happen has to be huge. And that's
0: with him every right? day, just the human know, like- aspect. It's his teammate, and that was a former – I think she was the director of recruiting or something. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But that was one of his teammates. That was, a, I believe, he was a lineman, maybe O-lineman. So, someone he was going up against in practice every day. Someone that he saw every day. You know, so. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough, tough situation. Not going to be taken lightly. Yeah, so uh, we'll trust that Poles and Iberflus and the guys that are out in Indy will get to the bottom of it. But – for right now, like I gotta put a I gotta put a pause on, on Jalen Carter until they do get to the bottom of it. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. And obviously we're gonna be trading anyway, so maybe he won't maybe it won't even be a thing. Maybe he'll get picked up before uh, we even have the opportunity to do so. But it's something worth note and it's also going to open up an avenue for a guy like a Javon Hargrave or something to maybe end up as a bear because Maybe they don't want to take a risk knowing what's going on. So,
1: Yeah, I don't think it was ever too unlikely that they would bring in a a free agent on the interior and a draft pick um, just because the way that this front is, I mean, you're one motion away from your nose tackle being the three-tech at all times. You know, the offense puts the tight end in motion, flips the side of the line on you. Suddenly your nose tackle's slides over to three tech or three tech slides in the nose tackle spot and bing, bang, boom, you're in the opposite situation of what you want. So the two, the two players that you have at those two positions, need to be pretty interchangeable in this team.
0: Yeah. And I, and it goes back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago when we rebuilt the bears, like we, we did it a hundred, we could have did it a hundred different ways. Like there's so much money uh, in yeah. the bank right now that if we want to go sign a DT and we want to draft one, Things can be done, but I think that at this point in the off season, because we're what we're about two weeks from today, I think is when free agency starts. I think we said it was March fifteenth, and it is March first. The combine is here this week. Like it feels like well, this is free agency
1: w- really starts the thirteenth, but yeah. Well, the tampering. That, yeah. that that that's that's when uh, Schefter and Rappaport will be sending out all their tweets of where everyone signs. Yeah, was. that's when that's when they'll be going back and forth to see who can be first.
0: I hate that yeah. time. But also, <laughs> I'll be a Rapaport guy because Schefter has just pissed me off a lot over the last like two years. So, and he's a mission. But he, I'm taller than him, and I'm not tall at all. Like me and tall <laughs> should never go in the same sentence. <laughs> but um, I'm excited about it. I think that. Probably, no matter which way you look at it, it's going to be a lineman in the first round. We're going big ugly, like O line, D line doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think it's edge rusher. I mean, at this, if Carter's off the board, it's edge rusher. If Carter's on the board, it's edge rusher or interior. You think it could be Will Anderson? I think it's Tyree Wilson. If I'm being completely honest, I think Tyree Wilson is their number one target on the edge. And Anderson would be a great player, too, to take. But I just – I can't help but think there are concerns about him holding up against the run given his frame. In, yeah, in a, in a 4-3 defense uh, sitting at 250, 255 is just – it's kind of light. Like, I, I just – I don't know that he's going to be able to hold up to that. Needing to set the edge that strongly as you need to do as a as a three-down lineman. Um well Tyree Wilson's 280 with room to grow. You know, I mean he and he's got he's got that length to win, he's raw, but I don't think any coaching staff is scared of taking him. I think every coaching staff is salivating at the opportunity to coach him up. There's an argument to be made that like the athletic
0: defensive ends in football are the greatest physical specimens in all of sport. And yeah, I'll argue I'll I'll argue that with anyone any day. Like you get a guy like how you just said, like what is he, six four, six
1: five, two eighty? Oh boy. No, he is six six with a seven four wingspan. Oh yeah. So he's yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's bit that's a build a pterodactyl I mean, man. he was built in the build a bear workshop, bro. That's not a
0: real human being, dude. You know what I'm saying? Six six two eighty moves like a guy that's two twenty.
1: Probably, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like that shit is made up. And uh there are moments watching Tyree Wilson's film where you're just like, that is not physically possible. Exactly. How did just do that? <laughs> See, that's what I, that's what I mean though. Like
0: defensive ends that are built like that, that are like 270, 280, best physical specimen in all of sports. They're just literal lab babies. Like it makes zero sense what they how they do what they do. And if you get If you get your hands on one, your defense somehow just turns the page because they're just unstoppable because the guys that they're going up against, for the most part, are almost always 300-plus and way less athletic. Never have a chance. But
1: might have longer arms.
0: It doesn't matter because I said they're (laughs) 6'6 and they're 280. (laughs) You're 6'6, 280. you got to figure it out. You have to figure it out, but yes, the long arms, yeah, they could do the little thing where I'm just trying to swing, trying yeah. to get through, do a do a <laughs> swim move, or try to go over the top with the rip. But yeah, I uh, it's almost just like if everyone was built like one of the Watt brothers, like you know what I'm saying? Like, could you yeah. could you imagine being 6'6", 280? No, it'd be fucking insanity. Like I don't even know. Like I would either have to be. Uh, a second coming of LeBron James, or a defensive end. Otherwise, like my I mean, family, my family would disown me if I was six six two eighty. How no hard reason.
1: it is, most people that tall to be that heavy? Like, yeah, that's just not natural. My dad's six seven. He he always hung around like two forty. I think, and he's that's a lanky two forty. You know, that's not like well,
0: and that and that extra forty is like all beef. That's like muscle. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That that's where I get my statement from. Where it's just like the the, the athletic defensive end that's built like Tyree Wilson. I, I'll take him, even if it doesn't turn out, just because of the upside. I'll always love taking a chance on that guy.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm I'm very biased because Reckon Tech go Red Raiders. Yeah. I, I still, I mean, I I can completely truthfully say this though. It wouldn't matter if he played for AM or Texas or Baylor. I right? I still love to see him as a prospect. He oh. is just incredible to watch.
0: I thought you were about to get real fucking Texas on me. You're like I'd still claim him. I don't care. <laughs> 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 like like for me, if like someone went to uh, like Illinois and I'm like
1: I don't care, you're my boy Blue. <laughs> But actually Tyree Wilson did play at A and M before he got to tech though. No, he, he did. There.
0: He did, yeah, no. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and he wasn't getting playing time at AM and he went right. to tech and just fucking boomed. So yeah. And dude, tech, honestly, dude, tech, I'm not gonna say that tech's gonna be like college football playoff team, but like they're getting better. Oh Joey McGuire, man. Yeah. Love me some Joey McGuire. Like, I remember last season just seeing them outkick their coverage in many games and yeah. upsetting people. They did a good job last year.
1: I'm pretty sure they won the bowl game, too, if I'm not mistaken, yep. right? Yeah, oh, they kicked ass in the bowl game. Who did they play against? Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels.
0: Oh, yeah, I lost money for sure on that. 100%. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I'm a sucker for Lane Kiffin. If Lane Kiffin told me to come to the sip, I'm coming to the sip. I'm sorry. <laughs> He pulls up in his, like, fucking Maserati to, like, go see recruits, and he's just like, come to the SIP, bro. Come to the SIP. Transfer to the SIP. <laughs> but, all right, we got through all of the random news and stuff from today. Let's get into another one of our Build-A-Bears workshops, except this time. All right. We are doing it with the free agent class. So, this week, the budget is $10. And the positions are the same as last week, interior D-line, edge rusher, offensive tackle, and wide receiver. And then there are there's a $5, a $4, a $3, a $2, and a $1 category. I'll read them off in order from five all the way down to one at each position, and then we'll go ahead and pick ours. But at interior defensive line, the $5 guy is Javon Hargrave. The $4 guy is Draymond Jones. $3 guy is Zach Allen. $2 guy is Matt Ioannidis. The $1 guy is Puna Ford. Another fire name alert. I might just take Puna just to be able to say, yeah, we got Puna Ford and you don't. So edge position, $5 guy, Marcus Davenport, someone we've talked about on the show for a little while now. Uh, this is the the named category that's going to give me hell. $4, Charles Amenahu. Yeah, Amenahu, uh Charles Menahu. $3, Ogania Okaranku. I think Obba- it is. Okaranku. This one's yeah, easy, though. I'll, I'll run this one every day of the weekend, twice on Sunday. $2, guys, Yannick Ngakwe, who has fallen off a little bit. It's definitely not in his prime, but still a quality option. And then $1, Rasheem Griffin. At tackle, I think we all know my answer here Mr. $5 man, Mike McGlinchey. Uh, at four, Jawan Taylor. At three, Caleb McGarry at two, Isaiah Wynn, the former New England Patriot. One Jermaine Ulamenur, and then wide receivers. Um, this one's is questionable in the way it was priced. I'm gonna question you on this one, but Jacoby okay. Myers, Jacoby Myers is the five dollar wide receiver.
1: Uh Juju is number Who's, four. Who belongs above Jacoby. <laughs>
0: Dude, I'll put the lizard man above Jacoby and Juju. Not rated. according
1: to their cot, not according to contract projections, man. Dude, Jacoby
0: Myers is a guy that can't finish. He will get you every yard you need on the way to the end zone and then not score. He is a way less cool version of Julio Jones. And he doesn't even have the size to match. But I'll go, I'll continue. But
1: no <laughs> one's ever compared the lizard man to Julio Jones.
0: No, no shot. But he's he. <laughs> He's ready for his revenge tour. All right. $4, uh, Juju, uh, $3 DJ shark, $2 guy, Alan Lazard and $1 guy, Paris Campbell. Uh, I'll go through. So, cause there has been a bunch of people that have already, uh, read off theirs and then I'll go through ours. So there's three people in the quotes. Um, one of them is just on tap. Love you guys. Thank you for letting us have a show. uh, <laughs> All right, so this guy right here who has a Spongebob, uh, Abby, but it's not Spongebob, it's like one of the fish that's always looking looking disappointed. He said uh, Jones. So Draymond Jones. Jones. Yeah, Green, Rasheem Green, Caleb McGarry, and Alan Lazard. And then a lop said Draymond Jones, Caleb McGarry, Yannick Ngapwe, and Paris Campbell. And then... There's a couple people in the comments. So Tyler Valls says McGlinchey, Allen, and Gakway. I think he just said, "Fuck the fourth guy. We're just gonna pay big money." Like he's Tyler Valls has money. We know this. Uh, lights, can, <laughs> lights, camera, action. That's a cool uh, Twitter name. They said Jones, McGarry, Yannick, and Ford, and then. My guy Mel sends sharks, bears, M's fans said, "Damn, that's hard." Hargrave and Gakway and McGarry.
1: So Mel also only went with three people as well. So wait, and Ford? No, uh oh, hard. Ford. hard. You're a Ford. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, but the last one did Hargrave and Gakway and McGarry, and then the one before that was Jones, McGarry,
1: Yannick, and Ford. So
0: some interesting ones
1: for sure. This first one I've seen, because the uh, one with Jones and Ford to two interior D-line. Oh, yeah, he, j- he just hammered the D,
0: you know what, he just, he's thinking ahead, forward thinking, just said, <laughs> fuck
1: it, we're not drafting one, we're signing him. So, man, this, is, this one's tough. I mean, like, I think I'm going Zach Allen on the interior D-line for three bucks, because... I just I like Zach Allen. I like the way he plays. And I feel like you're getting a lot of what you get with Draymond Jones for a little bit better better budget there. Which who knows? Maybe Zach Allen gets a big as big a contract as Jones in real life. But give me Zach Allen for three. And then I'm gonna come back to Edge later. But at tackle, I'm going Jawan Taylor, four bucks. Best pass protecting offensive tackle available. Uh, his run blocking is not good, but I'm taking the best pass protector that, that's available. I think the rest of the Bears' O line is good enough at run blocking to cover for him. I'm not sure the rest of the Bears' line is good enough at uh, pass blocking to cover for someone who's not a great pass blocker. So I'll take the best pass blocker there. So I only got three bucks left. Taking the lizard man, two bucks. So, that gives me $1 left at edge. Machine Green, come on down. All right. All right. Well, we can't – the thing is, this week we can't lower the budget. So,
0: we only got one shot at this. So, yeah, I think uh, in light of me calling him a higher-valued receiver on the meatball chart than the, the Q chart, I'm going to start with the receiver position. I'm going Alan Lazard for $2. And then – I am going to hop over to the tackle, and I'm not going to do what everyone thinks that I'm going to do. I'm absolutely going to fucking do it. We're going to take Mike McGlinchey, baby. The South Bend, <laughs> the South Bend Bears. Add another former Iris legend to the, to the NFL team that I support. Absolutely. Sign me up. And I know this is a guy that will come in and make an impact right away if we do end up signing him. So it only leaves me $3 left. For edge and interior D line, and I am going to go with, even though I say he's a little bit past his prime, but a guy that I know is proven in this league, and that's Yannick Ngakwe. And if I'm not mistaken, is that the guy that uh he was like yelling at the ref because Philip Rivers was talking shit to him? I'm pretty sure that's Yannick Maybe. Ngakwe. I think I'm almost 100 that's 100% him. And I-, I-, I could believe that. I shouldn't say talking shit because Philip Rivers doesn't do that. He talks crud because Philip Rivers doesn't swear. <laughs> but it was like, it was a video of a player on the Jaguars. It had to have been a Godway. It was definitely him. And then it leaves me $1. And I said it at the top. I'm a man of my word. Anytime you get a guy that you can add from the all name team in the NFL to your roster, and he's not going to cost you that much, you add a guy named Puna Ford. Like, if we could add. Yeah, if we we could add just like uh, a guy or a bunch of guys that just have cool names and that are also good at football, maybe like a Vita Vea, also good. But Puna Ford, my $1 option, rounding out my four at Puna Ford, Yannick Ngakwe, Mike McGlinchey, and Alan Lazard. So, and it's $10 even.
1: Speaking of Philip Rivers, it's just, just dawned on me. That his oldest son, Gunner Rivers, he's got to be in high school now. Oh, yeah. Like 15 years old. So watch out for Gunner Gunner Rivers. Outstanding quarterback name, by the way. Gunner Rivers. Watch out for him on the recruiting recruiting pass.
0: Well, you had to think Phillip Rivers had like 15 kids.
1: So one of them was at least going to the league. Like it's just sheer numbers. So his, I just pulled it up because I was curious. His first three are all girls. WNBA stars. I yeah, don't know. Sally so something something like Rivers that. is twenty. Caroline Rivers seventeen. Grace Rivers sixteen. And they're and all going to be D one athletes, or probably are already.
0: Yeah, are all yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, Hallie Hallie Rivers, or yeah, she's probably already playing like D one at like Duke or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's just a team. That's just that's just a family that has that athleticism in them.
1: His youngest kid is three, and his oldest is twenty. <laughs> that guy Fox, dude, Philip
0: Rivers. <laughs> There's no other way to go around it. But um, one thing, all right. So, yo, one thing that we didn't talk about, and I actually talked about it earlier. I did an episode of uh, Huskies on Tap, and the guy that I interviewed is a Packers fan. We even talked about the Looney Man. We even talked about the crazy guy, Aaron Rodgers, bro. About? Dude, what do you mean? The guy locked himself in a fucking casket underneath the ground for four days. I I, think he's still in there. (laughs) Dude, all right. So a couple (laughs) things. We're gonna we're gonna dive all the way into this. So Aaron Rodgers locked himself in a dark room underground, like 30 feet underground, for four days with no TV, no like electricity, no nothing. Just like a blanket, food, and his thoughts. And he came out. And everything is fine, we think. But like, what? Like, why is it always just the the clown show with Aaron Rodgers? Like, I know this is a Bears podcast, but I'm like sitting here and I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, are are you going to stay with the Packers or are you going to leave?
1: Dude, I mean, he pretty much put himself in solitary for four days. Which is it? That would drive any normal man crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure. But he isn't a normal man. People insane like maybe He was went insane and like just Refuses to speak now I don't know Well we already know he doesn't Speak to his family but Yeah I
0: just I saw that and I thought that it was Just wild and Maybe the Jordan love era Is upon us but if you Had to Go somewhere for four days Anywhere on this earth you can't go To you, you can't just take the easy way out And go to space Four days to get away from the world, no technology, no nothing. Where are you going? Wrigley Field.
1: Just hide in the bleachers. Yeah, just watch baseball for four days. <laughs> Sounds great, dude. There's people that do that already. Yeah, you just there, did. Right? I, hey, you be. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say it was out there, but like, if I was just gonna, I, I just okay, uh, but but you have to understand during bars these four close days at four a.m. During these four days,
0: you cannot, you cannot use your phone. You cannot watch the TV. So, like, if you see a TV, like, it, like, burns your eyes or something, like, something like that. Like, you have to
1: be, like, a caveman. Hey, Wrigleyville's perfect. I'll go over to Sluggers. I don't have to look at the TVs. I can just talk to people about the Cubs or play some games there. Like, it'll be great. You're just, just in drink, the batting. Beer. I can drink till 4 a.m. You're in the and batting cage. I, can, just I can just go eat. take a nap in the alley. And then, yeah. boom, next thing I know, it's it's game time. Let's go. Dude, it's just in the batting cage, just swinging away for
0: four days, <laughs> just swinging into the abyss. But
1: all right, or, so for i would go to. Uh, there's a place in Oregon that has uh, like four different golf courses that you can hit, like within like the area that you stay. I'd just go there and play golf for four days. Dude, if I were to go anywhere for four days just to get
0: away from the world, I would go. Not with those people in the background because <laughs> that would be bad. But I'd say Colorado, man. I like the mountains. Like, uh, I would go to like the Rocky Mountains. I'd say just yeah. just disappear at like seventy two hundred altitude and have a hard time breathing for four days. But it'd be it'd be chill because yeah, I'd just yeah, be I'm up pretty there. Sure, the first day would be fine, <laughs> and then I'd die for the next like two days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it's hard as hell to breathe up there, but I don't know. I just like it up there. The animals, uh just the scenery, all that stuff. So it'd be a good place to get away
1: from this crazy, crazy world that we live in. But yeah, I actually I like I like I think I like my golf answer better than my Wrigley answer. Yeah, well a golf swing's a lot less aggressive than you at like four in the morning, just putting <laughs> another putting another quarter in
0: the in the batting cages machine at sluggers and just yeah. swinging your arm out, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you have anything else that you want to talk about
1: on this week's show? It's the NFL Combine. Let's, let's talk. I, I can talk some guys who are going to rise this week, some guys who are have a lot on the line at the Combine and um, biggest chance to rise or fall. Let's do it. So first off, we already talked a little about him, Tyree Wilson. This is a big chance for him, one of the free, most freakish athletes in the draft. To jump into that, you know, top two, top three player in this draft conversation, along with Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, um, we've already talked plenty about him, so I'll just leave it at that. But next guy I have here, Anthony Richardson, I haven't caught whether he's running any of the drills or not, but I have to imagine. I mean, his stock isn't isn't like super high. He goes out there and runs a four or four, all of a sudden his stock could shoot up. You know, and I think he I've been, has the type of speed to be able to do that. I've been seeing that they're comparing him to, like, Cam Newton with an even better arm. Yeah, I mean, I think – I don't know about better arm, maybe equal, but, like, I can see it. Thank you, because I'm a huge Cam Newton guy. <laughs> I mean, As he's a, not – his decision-making is not there, but, like, well, physically, I can definitely see it. Well, and I think, too, Florida – they played their Super
0: Bowl week one. They, like, they ended Utah season. Yeah. And their, their season never reached that peak
1: or high again
0: <laughs> from that point
1: Yeah. On. Next up here, I got Mozzie Smith. Mozzie Smith, most, most draft projections I've seen so far is like early second round. I don't think he's getting out of the top 20, if the top 15. I mean, I I put on this guy's tape, I just see an athlete, a, a dude who can just dominate with power, with explosiveness with athleticism and so he's a little raw but like guys like this do not fall far in the draft and if he puts he was number one on bruce feldman's freak list because he what he can bench press like 325 pounds 20 something times like he his shuttle is sub seven he's he's just a ridiculous athlete like one of the most ridiculous athletes we've probably ever seen. And he's a nose tackle for Michigan. And I just – I don't think he's getting out of the top 20. Uh, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Dude is just another guy who's a ridiculous athlete. little raw, but, I mean, you see this guy moving, and, I mean, he's like a brick house and just, like, moving laterally at a ridiculous rate. He's, he's – him and Darnell Washington, who's also at Georgia, a tight end – are two of the biggest, most athletic guys I can remember seeing as far as, like, height, power, explosiveness goes. Um, Jalen Duncan is going to – his tape is rough. I'm not going to lie. His tape is pretty rough because he just – it seems like he just doesn't know what he's doing a lot lot of the time at offensive tackle out of Maryland. But – He's such a smooth athlete on tape. I have to imagine he's going to test well. He's going to open some eyes this week and might might bump himself up a little bit. Like right now, I'm looking at him as like a a day two guy, like maybe a late second, early third rounder. I don't think there's any chance he hangs around that long, just because his athletic traits are rare, and he's he has a chance to show that this week. But if he doesn't, it could hurt. Uh, Nolan Smith, another Georgia guy at edge rusher. Um, this guy is probably one of as far as a 3 4 defense or a 3 4 edge rusher goes, he's one of the most enticing athletes in the in the class, I think. And he's probably gonna get a nice boost this week. I think he's got some nice bend. He should do well in some of the agility drills and some of the speed stuff. Uh Keon White, everyone knows about him. Big, strong defensive end with some ridiculous explosiveness out of Georgia Tech. I was gonna um, say his only downside he played at Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah. Well I mean how how he tests in the agility stuff this week, I think will matter a lot for where he goes oh, yeah. because if he doesn't test well, all of a sudden he is he is not off the board, but off the board of where he should be picked theoretically, um for for three four teams. If you can't bend enough, if, you, if you're not agile enough, you just don't make sense as a stand-up edge rusher in a 3-4 like you do in a 4-3. So it just it cuts the field in half of teams who are really interested in in the range that he's being discussed at. Uh, Will McDonald, edge rusher out of Iowa State, who weighs about 230 pounds and was asked to play 4-tech for them, which is probably one of the weirdest things I've ever seen on film. This dude just winning at four technique when he's 230 pounds for, and for That's those sweet. who might not know four technique means he is lined up head to head with the offensive tackle. So he is looking in the eyes of a 300 pounder guy who might weigh a hundred pounds more than him at the snap and still s- somehow finding ways to win. He's an edge rusher. He has great bend, great speed, great quickness, I don't really know why he played where he did at Iowa State, but he dominated the Senior Bowl, playing a traditional edge rusher role, like a three-four edge rusher. Um, he's gonna, I think he's gonna have a great combine and gonna going move up some people's boards because of it. it uh, I think Mel like Piper a real... actually said something today that he that Will McDowell is gonna get out of the top fifteen, which wouldn't surprise me because he's that type of player in a three-four. Sounds like a real lunch fail guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, uh, he brings his hard hat to work every day. It's in his helmet. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's like the kid from the Little Giants with the little
1: PB&J in
0: his helmet. That's him.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kalijah Kansi, anyone who knows about him, he is a violent bull in a china shop, 280-pound interior D lineman out of pit. Undersized, but his athletic traits and his explosiveness are real. And those should show out this week. And he's agile and just... His first step is ridiculous. Um, Zach Harrison, I mentioned at the top of the show, edge rusher out of Ohio State. He's like 6'5", 270. Um, so he's a guy who I'm looking at for the Bears. Like, I, I want I want the Bears to be considering him if they don't go edge rusher at the top of the draft. And I'm not sure. Like, I think he's going to be, be around in the second round. Right now, he's being projected like a fourth round pick, some places, and I just I do That's not see it. Like yeah. he he does if he does what he's supposed to do at the combine, he's going to shoot up. He should be a second round pick, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Isaiah Fosky, I think you can talk about Isaiah Foskey. It's my guy, yeah. all time
0: all time sacks leader in Notre Dame history.
1: Ahead of yeah, Justin I Tuck. I don't think he's gotten enough credit coming into this. Like, I, I turn on his tape, I see a really good player, and right now he's going in a lot of a lot of stuff in the late second round, and I just don't think you wait that long to pull the trigger for him. I, I, I think hear, he's a try early second round guy. You want to hear a fun fact about Isaiah Foskey? Sure. He blocked three punts last season. Ooh, I like I like special teams. Facts. So you think you think he cares about playing special teams? That sounds like a, a Eberflus
0: grinder right there. Like, dude, he himself blocked three punts last season. I think Notre Dame had like six or seven as a team that they blocked, their special team's punt block team. Best in the nation, bar none. Like, it wasn't even a conversation. But Isaiah Foskey is, if I can say something on it, he's like, he's a captain, he's a leader. This is like, he checks, he checks both of my boxes, right? Like, athletic football player, smart football player, there's more than two, but it would be about three or four, but <laughs> athletic and smart football player, right? And he's a good teammate. And then on top of all of that, a good guy. So I think that's someone that What's where do you have him projected at right
1: now? Like early second round, maybe late first. Right on him right now is a high second round pick. I could. I wouldn't be like, I
0: wouldn't be surprised to see him go from like 25 to 32 or something though, you know? Yeah. like if he does uh, yeah. well, if he does well this week. Yeah,
1: him and I have him and Zach Harrison both in the same range. Like they are they're right next to each other in my grades. I mean, I think they're both just being extremely undervalued and um I shouldn't say extremely. Zach Harrison's being extremely undervalued. I think Foskey's being, just being undervalued. But then I got to mention Cody Mock. I don't think he's going to rise a lot, but I just think he's a fun player and extremely gifted athlete for an offensive lineman. Uh, he was, came into college as a tight end, put on like a hundred pounds in the last three years to become an offensive lineman. And you can see his athleticism in his tape. Like he can move, uh, Allie Gay, LSU edge rusher. I just like the upside is really there with this kid. I think, uh, when I put it on the tape for him, I see athletic traits that just really pop off the tape. But it's not—he hasn't put it all together. Like I've got a late second round grade on him right now to probably early third round, and he's just—he's a bet that you can develop the guy because the traits are are there. He is fast, explosive, twitchy, um, but he just hasn't put it all together yet. Zach Pickens, interior deed lineman out of South Carolina, was the number one recruit in the nation in his class. He's been South Carolina fans will tell you he's been a disappointment there. But I put on his tape, I see a guy who's played solid and has some serious athletic upside. And that's what the combine's about, right? Highlighting the athletic upside. I could see him bumping up some people's draft boards just by having a good combine. And like I, th- I think he's being projected like a fourth round pick right now. Um, I've got him as like a early third here, and my my, my my projections are constantly changing. I'll say one thing today, tomorrow they've changed a little. But uh, next up, Luke Musgrave. He already helped his stock a lot at the Senior Bowl, but tight end out of Oregon State, kid can fly. He's gonna he's gonna put on a show for the forty. Um, Jervon Dexter is one of the more interesting ones to me. He, I think, he is a bona fide second-round pick, like somewhere in the top fifty. He should be locked in. Uh, nose tackle out of Florida. I thought he was the engine to Florida's defense this year. I watch his tape. He's he's got development to do, but like he plays too tall. He's like six six. T- he's like six six three ten or something. He plays too tall, but he still wins against double teams. Like he's that type of athlete where it's just like his form hasn't mattered yet. And uh, I think he's I think from what I can tell, he seems he seems like a mature guy, like he gets it. And I think he's gonna do well at the combine in interviews and on the uh, on the testing areas and jump up some boards. Lucas Van Ness, we we all know his name. I think his athleticism is going to shine at the combine and he'll probably he'll probably get a get a nice boost there. Um, and then last guy I have here is Darnell Wright. Will Anderson just said yesterday or yesterday or today at his press conference best offensive tackle he faced in college football was Darnell Wright because of how smart he was, how well studied he was and how prepared he was to face Will Anderson. And that's something Darnell Wright did against everybody. I don't think Darnell Wright's going to jump up boards because of his athletic testing. I think he'll do fine there. I think he's going to jump up draft boards because of his interviews. I think once teams start talking to this guy, they're going to really like what they see. And he's going to jump from a guy who's being projected right now, like around pick 60, to a guy who's not getting out of the top, like 45, probably. Late second round, might even jump up into the early first. A lot
0: of movement, a lot of movement, and I think, too, like the interviews are are just as big of a part as the the on-the-field stuff because this is the first time that most of these GMs and coaches are actually talking to the players. You know what I'm saying? So, And they say first impressions are everything, and I know that's super cliche, but but like we talked about a little bit ago, if you're going to be a first-round draft pick for an NFL team, you are an investment, right? A very lofty and cost heavy, um, cost heavy, heavy investment. So you got to make sure you pick the right guys. And I think that this week those guys hopefully end up on our team because you know how I feel about Ryan Poles as is. Like we, I didn't like what I saw last year. I didn't really like what I saw during the season, and this is that type of off season where you could change the course of this franchise for the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like at least put us in the right direction. So guy that – I'll say this. The guy that maybe has a little left to be desired because his playing career didn't go as long probably wants it just as bad as the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? So I'm curious to see uh, how he'll be out there working this week, what type of guys we'll be linked with because, you know, we'll probably be linked with everyone. But what kind of guys there are? Is a concrete like commitment level to where it's like, hey, if we have an opportunity to go get this guy, we absolutely have to, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. I mean, I, I think this off is probably the biggest in either of our lifetimes that we've 100%. ever seen. It's, I don't really think it's remotely close. I think that this is franchise-defining, legacy-defining stuff that we're talking about this offseason, and I'm excited for it, and I just hope they get it right. Hope they do. They'll have every opportunity to do so, but
0: this week is really the beginning of the new league year, if you will. The Combine's starting. The Pro Days will occur shortly thereafter, and then we'll get the NFL draft and free agency as well, but obviously free agency comes before the draft. But it's – uh. It's all about to start ramping up. We'll be here to cover it all for you guys. Uh, like I said, free agency will start in two weeks and then obviously we'll be back next week uh, to discuss uh, the NFL Combine. Obviously the guys that you know moved up the boards, guys that will be off our boards or players that we probably won't want to see the Bears pursue. But yeah, if you have time, most of the events are usually on NFL Network throughout the weekend. You can see people do their 40s and Test throughout various tests of the combine. So if there's a guy that, you know, you kind of want to get a second look at, or maybe you want to see how they test, just try and look up the, the times because it is all position specific. So like if you tune in uh, to see Will Levis throw, you're going to see only quarterbacks for that period of time, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Or if you're there to see Will Levis eat, eat a bunch of mayonnaise. They can probably let you do that too. Dude, I can't even watch that video of him putting in his coffee. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I no interest in seeing that. No. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I hammer cream and sugar into my coffee beyond belief. But yeah, Mane is absolutely not. Couldn't, could, could not, could not put him in my team and have me be happy about it. Like it wouldn't happen. But yeah, tune into the combine. Uh, take a look at the Build a Bear workshop for this week. The ten dollar one for free agents only. Uh, tell us who you got. Tell us who you would think the Bears would sign and who you would sign. But yeah, that's another good one. Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about combine sleepers. Talked about uh, kind of what's what's going on at the top of the draft and maybe what's going on with Jalen Carter. Talked about Aaron Rodgers and his little his little dark room retreat. Touched all the bases. Um, we'll be back to you guys same time next week. Uh, next Wednesday we'll be back. I would say probably about nine o'clock. But before you leave, make sure to throw Quentin a follow at BucketStats, Stats. Throw our main account a follow at Bears on Tap. And then follow me at Beat on 300. Whether you're with us for five minutes or the entire show, we really do appreciate you for joining us on this week's show of Bears on Tap. We'll be back with you guys next week and Bear Down. Bear Down.